God bless you all. What's going on? It's your brother Tim. Welcome back to another chapter from the Bible Read Aloud. This is our, the last chapter of the book of Acts. All right. And so at this point, we've finished all of the Gospels and we are now finishing the book of Acts, which again is a continuation of the Gospel according to Luke. It's also written by Luke and he is also in the book of Acts. When he says we, from I believe maybe chapter 15 on, it's because he was on the journey with Paul. Um, remember, Luke is a physician, and then Paul is ob obviously an apostle. Just to reflect on the book of Acts, um, it started with the uh, disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit and being sent out by Jesus to, to have this power to um, really establish the church, and that's what they did. Um, they established order doctrine um they were preaching everywhere they went signed and they were um doing signs and wonders were following all by the holy spirit and by the power of the name of the lord jesus christ of nazareth uh but really the second half of the book of acts has been really just documenting paul's journey and paul if you just follow him he's all over the place spreading the gospel to the gentiles particularly um and he's just on the move so it's like the second half of the book of acts is is all the life of paul and his, his uh his mission as a, a minister of the gospel as one of the apostles so it's interesting to see and um we're at the point where the last probably quarter of this book paul has been being persecuted by other jews who really want him killed because he preaches jesus straight up that's that's what the case is He's constantly arrested, beaten, um, going before different men to plead his case. And now he's at the point where he's going to Rome to appeal before Caesar. Um, the Lord Jesus actually spoke to him and said that you are going to appeal before Caesar. Don't worry. Um, so no, all the beatings in, in, in jail and they were on a ship that almost uh, crashed and the crew almost died. Jesus like... You're good. You will make it to Rome to speak to Caesar. So that's where we are at. Um, like my brother Otis said, we're on Facebook right now, live. My brother Otis said, Paul was about his business. And that's the truth, man. A humble, bold servant for Christ. So the first caption reads, Paul on the island of Malta. Verse 28, uh, chapter 28. When we were safe on land, we learned that the island was called Malta. The people lived there were very good to us. It was raining and very cold, so they built a fire and welcomed all of us. It's interesting, real quick. Um, Paul, despite all of Paul's persecution and beatings and imprisonment, um, he, he was well taken care of. Um, at times he was loosed from prison. Other times he was allowed uh, visitors and people to provide for him. And now he's... Um, arriving in a place where the people were very good to him and taking care of, of him and his people. So it's like Paul was was promised to receive trouble and, and persecution. The Holy Spirit told him that. But God is always with us. And, and Jesus himself told Paul to be brave. Jesus is always encouraging us. He's always with us. The Lord is always with us. Um, and that's just evident of Paul's life here as we as as it's being documented in the book of Acts. So. Verse 3, Paul gathered a pile of sticks for the fire. He was putting the sticks on the fire 
and a poisonous snake snake came out because of the heat and bit him on the hand. When the people living on the island saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said, this man must be a murderer. He did not die in the sea, but justice does not want him to live. There's a footnote above justice. It reads, the people thought there was a goddess named Justice who would punish bad people. So they, they figured Paul must have been a bad person and this goddess Justice doesn't want him to live. Um, verse 5, But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and was not hurt. The people thought he would swell up and fall down dead. They waited and watched for a long time, but nothing bad happened to him. So they changed their opinion. They said, he is a God. So now they think that these locals think that Paul is a God because he was bit by a venomous snake and wasn't hurt. There's a scripture. I'm going to pull it up real quick um, where Jesus talks about um, basically the strength we will have as uh, through him, from him. Let me pull it up real quick and, and stop paraphrasing it. Um, you will... Have power over over venomous snakes. I know that's a terrible um, that's a terrible paraphrase. But Google Google knows what I'm talking about. Google apparently is a scholar of the scriptures, and it's giving me Mark chapter 16 verse 18. It says, "This is Jesus talking. They will pick up snakes." We'll go back to uh, verse 17. So, and, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, Jesus, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Verse 18, they will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Now, mind you, Paul was not going around looking for trouble. He was not picking up snakes, poisonous snakes, and just playing with them because Jesus said he would be all right. All right, he just happened to get bit by a poisonous snake, and Jesus protected him. All right, so don't be foolish out there picking up poisonous snakes and spiders and scorpions and stuff, thinking, oh, Jesus told me I'm good, so I'm good. Nah, we got to be wise because God is the God of wisdom. Um, anyway, verse 6, the people thought, uh, excuse me, verse blah, blah, blah. They said, he is a God. So they're like, Paul didn't die from the snake bite, he's a God. Verse 7, there were some fields around that same area. They were owned by a man named Publius, Publius, the most important Roman official on the island. He welcomed us into his home and was very good to us. We stayed in his house for three days. Publius's father was very sick. He had a fever and dysentery, but Paul went to him and prayed for him. Um, it's, it's Luke being the narrator and a... um. Uh, physician he, he's, all, he's always like really um, he makes it a point to um, be really detailed about the different diag diagno diagnostics and uh, the conditions of, of people when they're sick and this that and the third because he's a physician and that's just that's just how he is so he, he can't help but give the details that maybe other narrators wouldn't necessarily give about things of sickness and disease and healing and all that so just interesting uh, Luke's perspective when he writes. But either way, so this individual had a fever and dysentery, 
but Paul went to him and prayed for him. He laid his hands on the man and healed him. After this happened, all the other sick people on the island came to Paul and he healed them too. So that's kind of like Jesus. Once they found out somebody could do the miracle of healing, the multitudes would come by because they wanted healing. Verse 10, 10 and 11. The people on the island gave us many honors. After we had been there three months, we were ready to leave. They provided us everything we needed for our trip. So again, they're taking care of them. Um, they're blessed and uh, highly favored um, and provided for. When we trust in the Lord, he says that all of our needs will be provided for. He doesn't really say how. It might be by him. It might be by other people that he uses to take care of us. Whatever might be creating different opportunities for us to grow and prosper. But whatever it is, he says our needs will be provided for. And that's evident in Paul's life. Uh, the next caption, this is what the moment that we've all been waiting for. Paul goes to Rome. So we got on a ship from Alexandria that had stayed on the island of Malta during the winter. On the front of the ship was the sign for the twin gods. There's a footnote. It reads, the twin gods, statues of Castor and Pollux, who are Greek gods. So we stopped at the city of Syracuse. We stayed there three days and then left. We came to the city of Regium. The next day, a wind began to blow from the southwest, so we were able to leave. A day later, we came, so they're, they're um, sailing. A day later, we came to the city of uh, Puteoli. Puteoli. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. P-U-T-E-O-L-I. We found some believers there who asked us to stay with them a week. Uh, the beautiful thing about when you're in the body of Christ, hypothetically, and, and this has also been the case, this has been the case for me, so I can testify of it. Wherever we go in the world, if we meet other brothers and sisters, we're welcomed in. We got a place to stay. We got food to eat. We're taken care of. It's family. So no matter where you're from, when you, when you meet other brothers and sisters in the faith, it should be like family. You got, you got, they, they welcome you in. You're embraced. Um, so found some believers there who asked us to stay with them a week. Finally, and they never met, mind you, and they let them stay for a whole week. Finally, we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters in Rome heard about us and came out to meet us at the market of Appius and at the three inns. There's a footnote above Appius. It reads, the market of Appius is a town about 43 miles from Rome. And then there's another footnote ab above the three inns. Uh, the three inns is a town about 30 miles from Rome. So when Paul saw these believers, he thanked God and felt encouraged. So, I mean, I'm the same way. You're, you're in a strange land and you find some believers who are, who are welcoming you. We thank God for that. And it's very encouraging to see. Um, it's it, one of the reasons it's encouraging is because you know that your labor is not done in vain and that, that the gospel is spreading and people are being saved. So the next caption reads, Paul in Rome. 
when we came to Rome, Paul was allowed to live alone. So mind you, he's still not free. He's still technically in captivity, but he was allowed to live alone. So, but a soldier stayed with him to guard him. So he had a guard, but he was allowed to live alone. Three days later, Paul sent for some of the most important Jews. When they came together, he said, My brothers, I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our fathers. So he's again, he's making, it, he's making his case. Because remember, it's the Jewish religious leaders that are persecuting him. And he, Paul, is a Jew and was at one point a religious leader. He was, he was a Pharisee. So he's making his case once again before his brothers saying like, I've done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers. He goes on to say, but I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They asked me many questions, but they could not find any reason why I should be put to death. So they wanted to let me go free. But the Jews there did not want that. So I had to ask to come to Rome to have my trial before Caesar. That doesn't mean I am accusing my people of doing anything wrong. That is why I wanted to see you and talk with you. I am bound with this chain because I believe in the hope of Israel. The Jews answered Paul, We have received no letters from Judea about you. None of our Jewish brothers who have traveled from there brought news about you or told us anything bad about you. We wanted to hear your ideas. We know that people everywhere are speaking against this new group. Um, assuredly, they are talking about Christians. Verse 23, Paul and the Jews chose a day for a meeting. On that day, many more of these Jews met with Paul at his house. He spoke to them all day long, explaining God's kingdom to them. He used the law of Moses and the writings of the prophets to persuade them to believe in Jesus. This is pretty much, uh, this is me talking, this is pretty much Paul's uh, journey, at least documented throughout the book of Acts. Wherever he goes, he uses the Old Testament to persuade people to believe in Jesus. Um, specifically when he's talking to the Jewish people who obviously grew up and eat, sleep, and breathe the Old Testament, Paul is like, I too eat, sleep, and breathe the Old Testament. But let me show you why and how they point to Jesus and why Jesus is who he says he is and why Jesus is the true Messiah that the Old Testament had promised. Verse 24, some of the Jews believed what he said, but others did not believe. And that's really the only type of people in the world. There's like you either believe or you don't believe. And even in the, the, the Gospels, that was the case with the people who heard Jesus preach in person. They either believed or they did not believe. Verse 25, they had an argument among themselves and were ready to leave. So again, it's like when Paul gives the truth, he gives the message. There's division. There's arguing. There's the, the, the crowd is split. Paul does his piece and then the reaction occurs. But Paul said one more thing to them, quote, the Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet. He said, go to this people and tell them, you will listen and you will hear, but you will not understand. You will look 
and you will see, but you will not understand what you see. Yes, the minds of these people are now closed. They have ears, but they don't listen. They have eyes, but they refuse to see. If their minds were not closed, they might see with their eyes, they might hear with their ears, they might understand with their minds. Then they might turn back to me and be healed. He goes on to say, I want you Jews to know that God has sent his salvation to the non-Jewish people. They will listen. There's a footnote after that. It reads, uh, some late copies of Acts adds verse 29, which reads, after Paul said this, the Jews left still having a big argument with each other. So again, the crowd being split. Paul is like pointing out like, not only does the Old Testament point to this Jewish Messiah that, I, that I'm preaching, Jesus, um, but the, the, the Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah also spoke that this would be your reaction to the message. And it speaks of eyes being closed, ears being closed, their minds not understanding. And that is the case with the crowd, with, with at least half of the crowd when Paul gives the message. Um, verse 30, Paul stayed two full years in his own rented house. He welcomed all the people who came and visited him. He told them about God's kingdom and taught them about the Lord Jesus Christ. He was very bold and no one tried to stop him from speaking. Um, that is it for chapter 28. Um, why did I think either way? Um, so Paul stayed there for, for, um, two years in Rome. He's receiving everybody. He's teaching everybody, um, in his own rented place. Um, what, what this book does not tell you about Paul is that eventually he was killed. He was beheaded. Um, but he was never discouraged about that. He knew he had one job to preach the gospel um, to the to the Gentiles, really. And he was dead set on going to Rome to make his case because the Jewish religious leaders were trying to persecute him. Um, but he wanted to appeal before Caesar and he wanted to um, continue to preach to the to the Gentiles. And that's exactly what he did. Um, it's no coincidence that the next book is the book of Romans, where Paul like, writes his letter to the Romans. Some scholars call, call that book, the book of Romans, the most profound piece of literature ever written. Um, obviously, that's an opinion. Um, but I would, I mean, the book of Romans is just profound, could even be an understatement. Like, the letter to the Romans is just a piece of literature that 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 has uh, theology, history, wisdom, encouragement, teachings. Like it's an incredible book, and it's um, I believe it's divided into, into four sections, um, where Paul speaks on the history and um, the Old Testament and God, how God has revealed Himself to people. Um, then he speaks about sin. And how we are all sinners. And then he speaks about the grace of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to finish the book by telling us how to live moving forward 
as believers. So um, super practical book, the book of Romans. I'm not going to get into that. Um, at least no time soon. <laughs> someday, someday I will, but either way, um, that's the end of the book of Acts. Um, Paul, um, he just did so much, so much teaching. Um, and he traveled and covered so much ground. It's really incredible. And, um, God throughout the Bible tells us that he's with us. He tells us throughout the Bible to be encouraged, to, to not be afraid. And that was the truth. And that was evident from Paul's life. Um, surely trouble awaited Paul, even the Holy Spirit told him that. Um, but he was never discouraged. All he did was was bless other people and encourage them and take his time to teach them. And um, that's exactly what he did for the remainder of his life. Um, Jesus even multiple times appeared to him telling him, be brave, like I'm, I'm with you. And so um, that's encouraging. And and Paul goes on in, in one of his letters to tell us believers to imitate him as he imitated Christ. So not to exalt Paul, I'm just saying this is what the second half of this book was about. And I'm speaking on Paul's life and his instructions to believers on how to live a life like Christ. Um, I'm not exalting Paul at all. Paul is extremely humble. He says he himself is not even worthy to be called an apostle, but by the grace of God, he is who he is. Paul admits he, he's the worst of sinners. He's wretched. Um, maybe he's being a little hard on himself, but that's just the way he feels. I'm telling you that he's a very humble man after God's heart. And he teaches us, he taught us for the entire duration of his life after his, after, after his coming to faith. He spent his entire life teaching us how to live for Christ. Uh, very encouraging. So much priceless and timeless information that he's taught us. And um, it's beautiful to reflect on that. And um, it was, it's was it been a pleasure for me to reread this book with you guys. And um, I hope you learned a lot from it about the early church. Um, I hope you were encouraged by seeing Peter go from a, a denier of Christ to one of the most powerful apostles and a leader and establisher of the early church. Um, I hope it was encouraging to see Paul spread the gospel like a viral message before electric before any of that technology even existed. He was on foot spreading the gospel straight viral. So that's incredible. Um, I hope you were encouraged by characters like Stephen, who was being stoned to death, looked up to heaven, saw Jesus standing standing for him, and um, and receiving him while Stephen was forgiving the very people who were stoning him to death. Just incredible faith. Um, so much depth in the book of Acts. And like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed reading it again. I learned a lot once again. And that's the point. The, the word of God is alive and active. We should always be able to learn from it. It should always cause us to grow and reflect on our, our, our own lives as we um, strive to be more like Christ um, in the duration of our lives. It's a journey. Um, it's not easy, but God is with us. So we should not be discouraged ever. And, um, yeah. So moving forward, uh, like I said, a few times we will be doing topical Bible studies. Um, I encourage you guys to go back and listen to these, uh, the gospels and the book of Acts, you know, from time to time, just to stay, remember your first love. All right, Jesus. 
Um, but moving forward, we will be doing topical Bible studies. I'm excited for that. We have some good learning to do. We want to continue to grow and encourage one another. And um, just be excited about that. All right. I appreciate you guys. Um, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now. Um, grateful, grateful that you have revealed yourself through the scriptures, that you have um, led so many individuals, so many unique individuals. You've led them on the, on the walk of faith. And now we have them in scriptures to look at their lives as examples on how to live, Lord. They left us writings and teachings um, through all of their ups and downs, Lord God. These people were not perfect. And we, we are able to see ourselves in them um, and reflect and, and come to the understanding that we are not perfect either, but you are perfect and that you strengthen us and your grace is sufficient, Lord. Where sin abounds in us, grace abounds much more. So we thank you, Lord, for your grace. Continue to teach us long after we listen to this. Um, may we be humble enough to apply these teachings and work at changing what needs to be changed, Lord. Um, and help us to help us with that whole process, Lord. Day by day, becoming a little bit more like you uh, until, until you take us home, Lord. It's a journey. It's a beautiful journey. And you are with us step by step. So we have no reason to be afraid, no reason to be discouraged. You are good and you're always good. You never change. And for that, Lord, I thank you. Um, bless the listener and encourage them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. Stay tuned for the next um, the next episodes. We're doing the topical Bible studies, like I said. Um, share the word. Spread this with one individual, whoever God puts on your heart. And please leave a review in whatever application that you are listening to this podcast in. I appreciate it. Let's get this word out and let's grow together. All right. God bless you. Until the next time. All right. Peace.